0: You're listening to The Noble and Roost Show, brought to you by Ball is Life and Dash Radio. Welcome
1: to another episode of The Noble and Roosh Show, hosted by Ball is Life. I'm your host, Roosh Williams, with my co-host, Zach Noble. And today, I'm extremely excited. We're doing something a little outside the box. We have three-time WCW heavyweight champion and founder of DDPY with us, Diamond Dallas Page. Dallas, how you doing today?
0: Man, uh, running, running. I, I'm going to be 65 April 5th. And I still... I'm still running like I'm 42 um, <laughs> all the way around. And thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God, for uh, smartening me up of all the ways to hold back the hands of time. So uh, I'm really doing great, man. My, my life is magic right now. It has been for a while.
2: That's amazing. Happy to hear that. Now, is that all, in, is that all intentional for you? It just kind of fall into place that you're still running at 65 years old and not chilling on a beach somewhere?
0: Um, I just bought it. I just literally bought a beachfront lot in uh, Panama City Beach on the Gulf. It's gorgeous, so I will be chilling there. Let's go 2000, 2022, But I'll still keep my place here in Atlanta because it's um this this place I'm living in right now. It's like a wellness center. Uh, it's it's you know it's huge. It's got seven bedrooms. That it's got hyperbaric chamber. Crying machine, infrared sauna, steam room, hot tub, teeter board, my workout area, like guys, mark my words in three words, three, three words, in three years, I will be treating and working with the most elite athletes that are coming back from injury because it's going to take me about another two to three years to really get that word out because What I've been doing for the last 20 years, you know, along with healing myself has been helping to heal a lot of people and it's through my program and it's, you know, um, God, 12 years ago, I was just on Chris Jericho's podcast and we, he said, did you ever think that what you're doing today with your whole DDPY fitness system and, you know, Really, it'll always be DDP yoga, always be that, but I, I, I branded it DDP, Y Because I want people to stop calling it just effing yoga, you know, because <laughs> it's not. And it's more, of a, it's more of a wellness system for physical and mental being. And uh, Jericho said to me, he goes, did you ever think that this would get so big that it's starting to dwarf your wrestling career? And I said, be truthful. 12 years ago, now it took eight years for DDPY to become an overnight success. Eight. And I, you guys saw Relentless, you know, and so you know the story. We can talk about that. But 12 years ago, I said to a guy named Brian Alvarez, who was interviewing me from Meltzer's um, Observer, and uh, he said, where will Diamond Dallas Page be five, 10 years from now? I said, Diamond Dallas Page will start to be known as the new Jack lalane meets Tony Robbins meets straight Richard Simmons. Fuck yeah. And that's uh, <laughs> amazing. But look, let me, let me ask you this.
1: Dallas, let me ask you this. So you're talking about, I mean, incredible equipment. Just, just to throw this out there, I told my girl the other day, because I'm in LA, like I told you about, and I have not seen the inside of a gym since March. Um, and I told her, I miss the freaking sauna. So to hear that you have all that kind of shit in there just gets, gets me jealous. But I want to ask you, LeBron James has, you know, a long, long tenure of sustained greatness. And a lot of people attribute it to the fact that he invests so much into his body. I think he spends, what is it, Zach, like a million a year on his body? Yeah. Yep. So yep. how do you see, uh, how do you envision your program and what you're working with being able to help basketball players both rehabbing and recovering and also kind of doing preemptive stuff like LeBron does to remain healthy.
0: Okay. Uh, what took Larry bird out?
1: Um, I was It, his it was him? his back. It was back? his back. Yeah. Right.
0: Okay. Back knees and hips. Like the impact I was a baller, like, and, and I became a baller through accident. And when I say that, when I was oh, everything, every dream, Every goal I've ever told anybody and started telling myself, I haven't achieved. It might be a little to the left, might be a little to the right, might be a little under it. A lot of times I just blew right right past it. But my point is, when I was 12 years old, I knew I was going to play defensive end for the Dallas Cowboys or the New York Giants. I mean, I knew it. And then I got hit by a car. And it. Hit me, and I flew 42 feet from the point of impact. My face bounced off the hit, It hit my right knee. In 1968, there was no such thing as a rehab. Wouldn't let me play football or hockey anymore. I was gifted in both. I sucked at basketball and baseball. There was, that was my two options. Well, baseball, you need people. Basketball, you need one person. You can do dribbling drills. You can do layups and hooks and jumpers and foul shots. It doesn't matter how bad you are. If you put the work in, you can get better. Seventh grade, I didn't make the team. I didn't care. Eighth grade, I made a team. I sat on the bench the first time in my life, and I realized that's never going to happen again. That summer, I played five, six, seven, eight hours a day. Didn't matter if it was raining, nothing. And I went from being the last guy I picked to picking the teams. And for a white boy who couldn't fucking jump, I, really didn't, I did really, really well. I made a name for myself on a Jersey Shore. Yeah, I went. I, I ended up going again. Yeah, it's understandable. I had a third-grade reading level because, you know, uh, in, at thirty, because I grew up ADD and dyslexic, and no one knew what the hell that shit was back then. You know. So, bottom line is, is that I learned. That work ethic equals results, playing basketball. I learned how to somehow kill my body through like this, there was no rehab. When I started wrestling, I was 35 years old. My career took off when I was 40. 41, 40 was 1996. 41, 42, I headlined 13 out of 24 main event pay per views or semi main event. I live in a dream at a different level. And then I blew my back out. I just signed a multi-million dollar three-year deal back when a million dollars really meant something. It was a multi-million dollar deal. And I was told by three spine specialists, I was never going to be able to you know, wrestle again. And yeah, it didn't, months, didn't your my back, contract goes
1: away. I didn't mean to cut you off, but I remember seeing something no. interesting like your back because when the body gets hurt, if anyone's ever had a serious injury, that's why you rehab, right? You want to rehab, get better, yada, yada. If you don't, your body's going to fix itself however it does it. And it, it can be hard right. to reverse. And something, you had some
0: bones or something fused like. I, 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 well, I didn't have anything fused. What I had was I ruptured L4 and L5. Now, God gave us this amazing vertebrae, right? We can twist and turn and bend and fall. And the reason we can do that is because of these amazing shock absorbers in between the vertebrae, which are called discs. When you rupture a disc, it would be like taking a jelly donut and stomping on it. Now you have fragments and you're bone on bone. And I figured out with, and again, the guy who wouldn't be caught dead doing yoga the first 42 years of his life would try anything now. And that's how yoga steeped into my life. My, my, At that time, my future ex-wife, number one, um, She was an amazing woman and still is today. She's one of my partners in she's She bullied me into trying yoga, and I was so grateful when I finally figured it out, but it wasn't giving me everything. So I mixed it with rehab, like, oh, you do that in rehab? I'm going to mix that into my stuff. And then I did old-school calisthenics and something I call dynamic resistance, which is isometrics. Beats isokinetics. Think time under tension, like lifting weights with no weight. So you're not just stretching, you're stretching and strengthening muscles, ligaments, and tendons. In less than three months, I was back in the ring. At 42, they said my career's over. At 43, I was the heavyweight champion of the world. That is our Oscar. At 43, the oldest guy to ever be first time crowned with that. And I knew I was going to do it the rest of my life. but I just started sharing it with people. And when when I look at ballers, man, the jumping and the impact and the twisting and the turning, they need my program. Now, if I could get to LeBron, because I watched LeBron come down the court after he just like tomahawked on somebody and threw up the diamond cutter sign. Right. So yeah. I'm and him and Ric Flair are super tight. If I could get next to LeBron and just show him what I'm doing, first of all, just look at me. I mean, these people at home can't see it. I know, I'm gonna I stand mean, here. You're freaking and I'm 60, pick, You're almost 64 I'm gonna, years old,
1: 65 years old, and like you could you'd put a you'd stop my it's not me. I'm 30
0: <laughs> 31 in my prime. Well let me just show you this foot. I'm gonna pick up my left foot. You guys can see this. And I'm gonna take it, pull it over my head, and have a conversation with you. Wow. At six foot four, 226 pounds. This is core strike. Yes, it's still in the air. I'm not weebling, I'm not wobbling.
1: He's not lying. That thing was up
0: whole time. No pressure. He could have held it. We'll we'll,
2: we'll get that out. We'll take LeBron. We'll figure this out.
0: Because he can play as long as he wants. Because he, him, and Tom Brady, um, Russell, oh, God, what the hell is that? Russell Wilson. No, no, no. No, no, I'm talking about Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson. These cats are all spending big money to hold back the hands of time. Like, if he's spending a million dollars a year, but he's making a hundred and whatever million, do the math. It's preventative maintenance. And when a player understands that, the game changes. I was, I was the first guy in professional wrestling. Remember, I started 35 and a half. That's when I stepped in the ring start started training. 91. First thing I did was ice my knees and my back. Mm-hmm. I got three ice packs on. Me. Everybody's looking at me like, what the hell are you doing? Um, taking down the inflammation? It would take five years. Before there was another ice bag besides mine.
1: Wow! Wow.
0: <laughs> wow!
1: So much, so much pride, I guess, at the time. Because, like, like you said, you invest in your body, you preserve your body, you continue to see returns on that, which I think is becoming huge. Like you see guys in the NBA. I don't know if you how how much you keep up with the game, Dallas, but they do oh, something. I keep up with the game. You've seen load uh, management, keep... right? Load management where guys will you know take a game out just to like rest their body.
0: Like if yep. they're playing back to back yep. game. you know. Yep. So it's that's smart. It's definitely becoming a thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's smart. And, you know, the traditional ice bath, it's awesome. But I first heard about the Hyperbaric Chamber when I heard Kobe and LeBron were doing it. I'm like, oh, I want to know what that means. I know more about the Hyperbaric Chamber than any NBA player in the world. I am hooked into, unless they got the one that's at Johns Hopkins, They don't have the one I have. Mine's 12 PSI, which means you're 30 feet below sea level. I just, coming to me this month is one that's 15 PSI. Now, to really understand that, we're talking about killing bodies at a cellular level. Most of the guys got four PSI or maybe seven. Don't really have 12 because there's only one guy in the States that does it. I've also reached out, and my brother found me one, and we're going to be like uh, help, help distribute them. But this one's 15 psi. Now, understand why I did this. I've been knocked out a number of times. When I walked out in front of that car and it hit my leg, my face bounced off the hip thing, and I flew 42 feet from the point of impact. That was that wasn't my first concussion. You know, playing as a little kid, playing, you know, everybody was helmet the helmet back then. Little mm-hmm. kids, whoa, where am I? Shake it off. Get in there. You know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I I knocked out 20 guys easy in professional wrestling. And I was knocked out easily. There was one time I was many times? Boxes, oh, I, I don't know exactly. This is the, the my favorite one <laughs> was I was walking backstage with Kimberly and I stopped and I looked down. I go, Did did I just wrestle? Is this nitro? And she just looked at me. And I, she goes, come on. I go, don't no, is it. it it's, it's Nitro. Did I just wrestle? She goes, stop it, Dave. You're scaring me. I go, what the? Da, 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 da. You know, what happened? She goes, no, it's, it's, it's Great American Bash. You wrestle Randy Savage. I said, what happened? <laughs> and if you watch this match, it's right down to, when it gets to three hours in one second, we're going to the next show. Meaning that the wrestling show's over unless they bought extra time. Most times they don't. They but they did that time. In two hours.
1: It came for free well, the next night,
0: right on Nitro, right? They no, aired no, it. That, no, that that was Goldberg and me. So That's that right. Was okay. Goldberg and me with that. But this match, we're screaming, we "Gotta go home! We gotta go home!" And I got to get hit with a belt from Scott Hall. And when Scott Hall hit you with a belt. He hit you with the belt. He'll be the first to tell you that. Like, watch <laughs> out. Then he hit me with his finish, and I've been asking Randy, because we've been in this feud now at this point for two months. I'm like asking him, please stop landing on my rib cage. I've been pissing blood for, you know, and I would piss blood for 13 out of 16 weeks. And I was like, please land on my stomach. Well, this time he overshot everything, and he lands on my face. Now, you can watch that in this pay-per-view. I'm down, one, two, three. Scott comes in, raises his arms. You'll see me start to sit up. I don't know why, but I go back down, and they go to black. What happened after that was I sat up like Undertaker, came to my feet, stumbled, fell through the ropes, gave them both the finger, and walked to the back. In our world, that's fighting in the back shit. Like, what's that? It's like if John Wayne, um, <laughs> Sylvester Stallone, and uh, Clint Eastwood build you up, boom, 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 like they did Tony Montana and Rick Pacino comes out shooting guys. No, that doesn't happen. That doesn't happen. And so they came back. I, I went in the locker room and share a uh, tape in front of me. And they... No, they came in kicking that door in, talking some major smack. And I was like, I was knocked out. I don't remember anything. Kimberly just saw what happened. And I just threw the table out of the way. I went, If you think I'm lying to you, let's go. And they went, And they walked out. The next day, I was waiting for Savage, and my face is still swollen like a chipmunk. And when he walked in, he saw me walk up and went, Mm. sorry brother <laughs> <I walked off>. <laughs> but, <laughs> Fucking so let dick. me say the reason, why, the reason why I told that the reason why I told that story was you're an hyper chamber, you're, you're, you're healing your body at cellular level when you get to 12 psi or higher that's when the oxygen will break the brain blood barrier mm. that's when you start oxidizing your brain Very good. All the football players, I mean, they need to know about this shit because they don't. And they kind of ignore it. And doctors, well, that's, you know, uh, that's it's alternative medicine. All I know is I've got the energy of a 40 year old.
2: You don't you know? feel, and you don't feel shit. You
0: know, I, my body's sore at times, but I go get it fixed and so- I keep going and I, I do my work.
2: Every single match, are you in this much pain and hurt? I mean, every single time you step in the ring, are you feeling everything, like, as much as you're describing right now? How much pain do you um, suffer on a nightly basis?
0: Um, well, you know, of course, I've been out of it for years now, even though I did it right. when you, year, when you did one time. <laughs> yeah, well, well, I did it one time. But back when I was working, it was like being in seven, eight car crashes. So I just shit. Imagine, it's amazing what your body can get used to, like, and, and he's right about that. You know, from drinking to partying, now it all catches up to you. Like the biggest thing that I work with a lot of these young guys, I'm like, dude, you don't need to take all those crazy bumps. Take this one and that one. Tell more story with Shakespeare as opposed to Crash and Burning. Because, man, the kids today and the women today who do this. At its highest level, I mean, they have no idea what they're going to feel like. They have no idea the punishment that's coming. And if you just look at the NFL, if you look at back a couple of years ago, they did the 50th anniversary of Super Bowl. And they they walked out whoever was alive for all the Super Bowl MVPs. And if you see those guys walking out there, and some had to be brought out, you know? They're
2: broken.
0: Yeah. Yeah, they're so broken. The only guy who looked amazing was Jerry Rice. And that son of a bitch, him and Herschel Walker could still be playing in the NFL. You know, <laughs> those guys are freaks upon freaks. And they must be doing something right to take care of their bodies. But LeBron, um, he he thinks he's, you know, he's been doing this since he's been in the game since he was at, you know. 12 years old you know i mean he's been preparing for the ultimate greatness and i don't think he will ever be satisfied without getting two more rings at least being the all-time scorer you know of all time you know which he probably will be when it's
1: it's all said and done so let me ask you this oh no go for it zach
2: let me ask you how long do you think you can prolong an nba or an nfl player or Even a wrestler's career for that instance, if they're getting on your program early in their career.
0: Minimum two to three years. And the ones that are injured, like, I'm talking about ACL tears, you know, from the NFL to the NBA, you know, they don't do what I do. You know, they don't, they don't. And if I'm working with someone, I can really help take them to a different spot. I with and, you know um, like I worked with uh, some NFL guys. I just couldn't believe they in in the NFL. Like, and they didn't last long. They lasted a couple years. But I just couldn't believe how beat up they were in the, the little things that they couldn't do. Like I work on the little muscles, hmm. the ones that really are the difference between injuring yourself and not. Now, can I keep someone from being completely injury-free? Hell, though. No. But can I help prevent that injury? And that's it. It just help. But it's not just, it's not just the workout. The workout's a piece of it. The other piece is what you put in your mouth. Mm. That is pivotal. And I know more than 99.90% of the doctors when it comes out the food. Because they don't really look at food as healing your body. Food can heal your body. Food can make you strong. Ask, oh well. Where's Tom Brady? Oh my God, is he in the Super Bowl again? How old is he? How is he doing it? Tom does a lot of the same like minded stuff that I do. And I know he eats pretty much exactly like I do. And it, it's all about eating like real food, like what God created. The first thing I do when I'm working with anybody, it's like, here's two movies to watch. Food Inc., Genetic Roulette, GMO, OMG. Like, when you have these young players eating McDonald's and garbage, mm. well, <laughs> you know, you don't put you don't put ethanol in a high performance race car. Mm-hmm. You give the best that you can put in every, from the, the way they screwed the thing together to the way they gassed it up, the tires they put on the ground. Mm-hmm. So, it's knowledge. It's yeah. knowledge, and then it's the mental ability to believe. You like LeBron's got that ability, you know. Right. So <laughs> you know, I was these, watching these guys at that level. I
1: was watching the documentary um, and Arthur right. So I think Arthur is kind of an example of the mindset, right? He was told he couldn't Mm -hmm. do X, Y, Z. You can see on the videos that he, you know, obviously is not physically able, uh, capable to do some of these things. And then he keeps pushing himself and unlocks. I think mindset, it it looked like was a big part of that. I've been having because of this, but the pandemic, man, I've been sitting a lot, a lot more than usual. And I think that uh, some of the little things that you talk about, right? Like, you know, like my hamstring, I think I've been having a a really bad hamstring kind of issue going on because I've been sitting so long and I was watching your documentary sure. like, Man, maybe I should do some DDPY Cause I feel like that would unlock, you know, cause I'm sitting here like, how do I, what am I supposed to do? And I'm, I'm doing all these weird stretches. And it seems like that goes into a lot of the, the preventative stuff as well. You know, a hundred
0: percent, because again, people, every athlete that is worth a stall stretches, you know, but I'm getting you to stretch and strengthen muscles, ligaments, and tendons. Let me give you an example that a lot of people have done. You're carrying the big box, and you're going down the stairs, and you think you're at the last step, but you're not. At Russell, I was just about to do, I was 62, and my mother-in-law had come to getting because she was going to bring us to the airport we were leaving like 5 she was there at 5.30 I told her to be there at 6 and I'm coming down the stairs I think I got the last thing and I've got a box because I wanted to give it to her and there I missed that step and any other 62 year old guy is going to go down tear his ACL maybe break his hip not me I went whoa ah damn it I put that thing down and I tweaked my body. Now I'm about to be in a battle royal at 62. DeAndre the, the Giant Battle Royal at WrestleMania in front of 101,000 people. And now I got this spasm up my back and I tweaked my knee a little bit, but I didn't tear anything. Mm-hmm. And then I got on the mat. And by the time I was ready to go, I was good to go. And again, it's because I'm strengthening all those little muscles, I'm stretching and strengthening all those little muscles. And right. I'm going to send you guys, I'll send you guys a program. I'll hook you up on the app and then bring me back six weeks, eight weeks now. And then if you're going to really put the work in yeah. and you're going to go, oh my God, like you're kidding. Yeah. And, and again, guys, yeah. yeah. Chris Jericho blew his back out nine years ago. He was oh, 41 man. years old. And, you know, and I saw he was hurting. I reached out to him. I sent him that video, like the whole video of Arthur Warman, disabled veteran. He he hit me back. He's like, bro, you tell me what to do. I'll do it. Five weeks later, he was excruciating pain. Five weeks later, he was 85% pain-free. Three months later, he's 100% pain-free. He headlined WrestleMania with CM Punk. He's 50 years old right now headlining one pay-per-view after another for AEW on TNT. I mean, if that ain't... If, I, if I'm a, a wrestling fan and a basketball player, and I think there's a couple of them, you know, you know, I'd say, what the hell is Jericho doing? You know? Yeah. What is AJ Styles doing? What is, what is the, the champ right now, um, friggin' uh, Drew McIntyre doing? They all do my program. You mm. know? Cause they want to live the dream as long as they can. That's powerful stuff. I mean,
1: I know that canvas is not forgiving. And so, you know, I, the, the testimonials on the documentary, it, it's real stuff, man. It's people just pouring their heart out saying, yo, you changed my life. It's really cool stuff. I'm Welcome back to this episode of the Noble LaRue show. We've got Diamond Dallas Page in the building um, talking about a whole bunch of cool shit with DDPY. I wanted to transition and talk about your awesome wrestling career some. Um, Our listeners, obviously, are mostly basketball fans, NBA fans, and you're one of the few wrestlers that I can remember, at least, that was lucky enough, or however you want to put it, uh unique enough to be in the ring with NBA players. And so I was really, you know... Uh-huh. You're a hell of a storyteller, and I just kind of wanted to give you the floor to talk about Rodman skipping the finals, hitting you with a steel chair, if my memory serves correctly, while, while he's supposed to be <laughs> in practice for the fucking NBA finals. Uh, and then, you know, that stretch up through uh, the pay-per-view event where y'all did the double team, the tag team, the tag team. <laughs> the, tag the, team.
0: The, the, the amazing thing was I was doing an autograph session in Houston, and it wasn't just one night; it went two days. I'd be there. So, somebody said, "Hey, do you want to go see the Rockets play?" I'm like, "Absolutely!" Barkley's a buddy of mine, you know, okay. so I definitely want to get over there and, and see him. And he wasn't playing. Uh, Drexler was hurt too, or you know, he was out. He was out. Yeah, he wasn't in the game. So the Jazz pretty much just ran over them. And somewhere in the fourth quarter, Carmelone came out. You know, and he's on the bench and we're me and my buddy Rick and my other buddy Ross, who is um he was a photographer for all the stuff that we did with WCW. So he came to a lot of the conventions with me just to get all these really cool shots. And um Malone sees me. And he throws up the diamond gutter side. And Ross almost spits out the drink he's drinking. He's, oh my God. Oh my God. Now he's reaching for his camera. And he's going, Carl Malone knows who you are. He gets the camera. By this time they're back on the floor and Carl's sitting down. He goes, Dude, you gotta get him to do that again. I go, bro, I don't know him. He goes, He knows you. So on the next time out, there he is again. You know, uh You know, standing there, and I throw the diamond cutter sign up, and then I kind of bring my hands out, like, What do you think? And I pointed to the camera. So he threw it up again. We got a picture of it, and he sent us back, um, sent us back uh, backstage passes. So after the game, we went back, and as I was walking my way to get to Carl, Barkley sees me, goes, DDP! Grabs me, pulls me in. he's hands me a beer. He's he's freaking talking shit with uh with uh, uh Warren Sapp, and they are going back and forth. <laughs> Who's the greater athlete, basketball players or football players? I wish I had a video, a YouTube video of that because that was money. And then eventually Carl came by, and I, I came outside, and we talked, and we just got along immediately. When you have the same respect. What someone does. And Carl never, when he was a kid, he was never about being, not wanting to be a basketball player. He wanted to be a wrestler. His mother would take all them kids to the wrestling every Saturday night. You know, they were there. And um, we exchanged numbers. And then I actually uh, was going up for Toy Fair and he gave me tickets for the All-Star game, and that was the last All-Star game that Jordan was you know, going to be playing in as well. And so got up there, we bonded more, and um, I saw that Rodman was coming in for the second time. And I didn't say anything to Bischoff. Me and Bischoff were super tight, but I didn't say anything to him. I called Carl up, and I said, hey, man, I go, I heard Rodman's coming back in again. I know you might want to do this. You know, this lives this dream of getting in the ring. And I said, what if I said, do you have any problems with Dennis Rodman? And he said, well, he said, no, he said, as a matter of fact, when we, you know, when I broke in, Rodman went in the same year he did. And that back then they made the players play in the summer league. And They made him room together. Like, it wasn't like your own high-profile room. Like, you had to room with somebody. And he roomed with Rodman. And he said, I don't know the guy who's wearing the wedding dresses. He goes, but that dentist, the old Dennis, I know him. You know, I know him good. He's a good guy. I said, so you wouldn't have any problem maybe being in the ring with him, like if it was me and you against him and Hogan. And he just laughed out loud. He goes, really? I said, well, I got to run it by Bischoff, but I'm not running it by Bischoff until you tell me if that's good. He goes, yeah, let's do it. Now, I went down to see Bischoff. And Bischoff wasn't a big basketball fan, but of course he knows who everybody is. You know, he's he's enough of a fan of that. And I went down there and I said, uh, he... I just got done talking to Carl. I said, What if we brought him in for the pay per view with Rodman? Now, at that time, they're going to play game four against LA. There's not a finals yet. It's not there yet. Okay. And he says to me, Oh, man, if that was Hogan and Rodman against Savage and, and uh, Malone. And I went, not happening. I said, <laughs> this is my relationship. And he said, well, let me think about it. And I don't know if you remember, but game four, Carl like, pretty much took it to Shaq in game four and they swept them. Mm. And uh Bishop called me up. He goes, make the connection. We'll fly out tomorrow. Wow. Because he saw the money. He saw the money. As soon as he realized who Carl Malone really was, yeah. like, Carl Malone is the second leading scorer of all time in the NBA. I mean, we're not talking about a guy who was just, you know, a leading scorer of a team. I mean, the only guy above him is Jabbar. Now, it, it, as long as LeBron and I expect him to stay healthy, I think he'll, he'll, he'll crash that record. Um, but uh, there, no, Kobe didn't. Jordan didn't, you know, so we're talking about a guy who is a super athlete, you know, he's a Superman and, uh, did it for a long time. And, uh, when, when saw that, he knew he was money. He knew it. Mm -hmm. And we went out there and we cut the deal with him, And, uh, and it was fun. And I see, he said, now, listen, he goes, I'm a big Tyson fan, but. I don't want to do it like Mike did it. I don't want to be in there. I, I want to learn. I said, well, you gotta to come to my crib, man. Crash with me and we'll go down the tire plant and we'll work out together. And that's what we did. He worked out. He would come and go, but he'd come in for three or four days at a time. And he would really learn his way around the, up the ring. Now, the first two days, I never even had to take a bump, meaning falling on his back. And people can think what they want about pro wrestling, but you can't fake gravity, you know? And bottom line is what on the third day I said, I'm okay. Now we're just all going to take a bump. You're going to take one too. This is how you do it. And you're you're flat back bump and everybody did it. Now I go, now it's your turn. And when he hit him, he went, and he snapped snapped his neck and i said from now on tuck your chin i go because you're gonna hit the mat Mm -hmm. and uh bottom line is he just had such an amazing work ethic dennis was a natural i mean dennis wasn't about the practice obviously right you know (laughs) you (laughs) know Because by that time in his life, he was done practicing. He was just going to go out there and do. And in um, we did a WWE a Rodman and Malone me. Malone, I, for some reason, didn't do an interview. I don't know why. But Hogan, but Rodman <laughs> busted my chops a little bit about me. Um, I don't remember how he said it, but the bottom line is if you don't go where I'm trying to take you to go, you're going to go. You know, it's like you know you can sell it the first time or you'll sell it the second time. You know, and I love Dennis Rodman. I think I think he's a, just a, a just an amazing energy. And uh, when we got in there, though, it got pretty physical. <laughs> <laughs> it got it got pretty physical at some points, but it was all good. You know, and where, where Dennis was really. Like he was such a natural, loving to be the heel. Look at he didn't how he just made himself so so famous. You know, he he didn't like Dennis Rodman had to be one of the top ten most famous people in the world over this period of time. Where he was doing all of the you know stuff from the wedding dresses of you know being with Madonna. Like he took a lot of he was there for the, the splash, and he changed. The way people fought, you know. I mean, he really did. Even yeah. you go back to tats. Like I've had these big pieces since '93. Show me in any sport who had big pieces back then. Yeah. Who started together was Iverson and Rodman. Yeah, you're right. And now everybody's tatted
1: up. You know? I mean, it, it used to be. It used to be every night. I remember. As a, as a kid back then, I remember it was like, what color is Rodman's hair going to be tonight? You know, like what design is going to be in his head tonight? You know, and then the next day cover of I forget the magazine, but, you know, him in the wedding dress. And then the next day, it's like he's with Carmen Electra. Like he was a he's
0: a superstar. Dude, you know? I was with him when he was with Carmen and she was one beautiful chick boy like no makeup in the morning friggin whatever time it was we were picking him up in Vegas and she was with him and as we flew the Gulf Stream which I'd never been in you know those guys are styling and profiling man they made sure they had the the top notch stuff Um, and uh, man she was she she was a beauty he was living the dream man at a a different level and i mean he's still i think he still may it will always be relevant you know i i think he really will be i think it 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 wasn't i don't really think rodman's over six six because i almost look i'm six four but when you can get 22 23 rebounds a game and you're six six what do you do i mean like he mastered rebounding and defense, I especially mean, in the age of, especially in the age of big men being like
1: you know the best ever, right? Hakeem, David Robinson, Shaquille O'Neal, Patrick. oh
0: yes. Can... you know what I mean? Yes, like oh wow, hundred percent. Like he was a master, you know. And I love sitting back and watching uh, his 30 for 30. They did with him. Oh, I mean, it was, br- it was brilliant, man. And, uh, you know, I, I mean, I called him up and just left him a message like, hey, dude, love what you're doing, man. Like, keep keep up. You know, keep that mindset, because if someone like Dennis did turn around and and, and just wanted to get serious and he's going to be an icon forever. You know, he's great. He just is. He he did so many things and he did it. He did a lot of them well. He did a lot of them where, you know, wasn't the way people thought they it should be. But bottom line is the cat is Dennis Rodman. And yeah. one of the best players. Jordan does not win those next three rings without him. Yeah. You know? No It, it doesn't happen. Yeah. It doesn't happen. And what's really fascinating that I really thought was really fascinating in. The greatest sports documentary of all time, The Last Dance, which I had a little cameo in. There you go. (laughs) Pippin, and I didn't know this, you know, really wasn't coming out of that high profile school. You know, you look at him and Rodman, where they started from the dirt and where they got to. Like, Rodman did work his ass off. Yeah. You know, just like, go back to Alan uh, uh, Iverson practice. So we're talking about practice. Like, Iverson practiced so much. I mean, he, the guy was not even six foot. Yeah. He was, he, he was helling on, on everyone. I mean, you, you just don't get there. He was a naturally gifted athlete. But he had insane work ethic. So, insane. Kevin.
2: I was going to ask, I mean, it sounds like you're great friends with Barkley. Were you ever close to getting him in the ring?
0: No, um, I never even. He was really super tight with Flair, but we were buddies. Um, and he was a good, really great guy. And I don't know why that didn't happen, to tell you the truth, because he would have been amazing. He would have been amazing. I just saw where where Shaq called out my nephew. Cody Rose. Which is Dusty Dusty Rhodes' son, Cody Rhodes. You know, uh, kids super special to me on a lot of different levels. But I saw it pop up on Sports Keter or something, maybe it was ESPN or something, where Shaq called Cody out. Yeah. Oh my God. I think he wants to wrestle so, him in first. What do you think of that? I think Cody um, and Shaq, I think that they'll they'll make it fun to watch. That that's and how apropos is it but on Dusty Rhodes there is no diamond Dallas page. I've been mentoring Cody since he was 12 years old. I mean we're super tight. Right. And that I wrestled with Mo and Rodman and he's wrestling with Shaq. Pretty awesome. Yeah and I was actually in, I was in that battle royal that I was talking about when I was 62. Shaq was in that one too Yeah, yeah. If you go back to it You'll see me on side of him Helping throw Shaq over the top rope With the big show (laughs) I got right that camera line I knew where to get
2: (laughs) Were they they in pain after that Odie? Were they hurting?
0: Um, I don't know about that I think adrenaline There was 101 Thousand people There
2: that's insane.
0: Biggest crowd ever for any kind of athletic event. Was well, that the real world or what? Yes. Yep. And down at the Cowboys Stadium. Because all of a sudden, it's not just seats in the stands. It's all seats on the ground. I mean, it, it was amazing. Like, I got a shot. And you probably can't really see it. Because uh, it's so, I'm so small on it. But there's a shot of me doing the diamond cutter and she looks really little but if you look at all the people they're all throwing it up oh, and that's, insane. that's just one section and that's probably about seven thousand people but there's a of them out there you know and wow it
1: was it was so, crazy man i i want to ask you this um because I, I know i'm going to forget we were talking about guys overachieving right rodman Pippen. I mean i remember from the documentary pippen i think he was like six one or six two playing for like a juco or something <clears throat> right it's this gross spurt and becomes scotty pippen eventually um so one guy that fits that mold to some degree not not all the way but stone cold steve austin was kind of an unlikely like rise to you know superstardom um if you look at like the the General path of wrestlers, at least back then, and like how he his persona was and kind of changing until it clicked with Stone Cold. And I saw in your documentary that Stone Cold was obviously featured in it, and he had great things to say. But he talked about living with you at one point, and I was yes. just gonna I was gonna ask you about that because yeah. like Stone Cold is another one of my all time favorites, and you know I just I'm sure you got some funny stories about living with Austin. Stone Cold oh, Steve.
0: God! Um, well, Steve was doing the acting thing, and so was I. You know, and, um, I, I just separated with my, with my, uh, future soon to be future (laughs) ex-wife and I just bought this place in, um, in Playa Vista and I called them up and I said, yo, bro, listen, um, I'm driving out to go do Rob zombies, devil's rejects, uh, I know you want to move out to LA because you want to do the acting thing. I got an extra bedroom. We'll figure it out. Let me know if you want it. You know, not many people I want to move in with, but you can move in for a while to get yourself set up out here. And he called me back like two days later, kid, still all, is it still open? I said, yeah, he goes, I'm in. And I get back from filming, uh, devil's rejects. And when I walk in my place, it's a beautiful two-bedroom condo. Shit is everywhere. (laughs) And spit cups everywhere. (laughs) And I just look over and I go, Steve, I've been living, this is clean for the last 13 years bro he goes oh sorry bro sorry bro i go i don't i made the mistake of saying i don't care what you do in your bedroom but out here bro i gotta keep this place clean because you know it's how i it's how i function now the whole world's upside down you know and oh yeah it was great so one night he uh, he got into that vodka one night <laughs> and i and I came back and he was sitting at the counter and would watch uh, Stevie Ray Vaughn. Love Stevie Ray. His daddy, his daddy was a uh, was a guitar picker and a country singer. So there was a lot of good stuff that he loved. And um and this night, and Steve was he was dieting for some part that he had. And when I get there, he's sleeping on the counter, and there's a bag of chocolate chip cookies. Mm-hmm. And- <laughs> and he's still hammered and i'm like bro go let me help you get upstairs and go to bed now i got a spiral staircase right and there was something that reached a clip to get the uh like to get stuff off the top shelves. so i grabbed that clip and i grabbed the bag of cookies <laughs> and i go bro bro Cookies, and he goes to grab the bag, and I pull the bag. As I pull the bag, I grab that stick, and I clip the bag, and I put the cookies out in front of him. Go, Get the cookies, bro. Get the cookies, and I take them all the <laughs> way up to the top stair, I'm pushing them up the stairs. And when he gets to that door, he scapped those cookies and fell right in bed and sucked down the rest of them. <laughs> cookies, cookies. Oh, I'm gonna be thinking about. <laughs> yeah, That's incredible, man! I, I, I tell you, Steve was a, a huge part of my life uh, in the very, in the beginning when it came to wrestling because he really was gifted, and people did see in him, but they didn't really know what you know. WCW, they didn't know what they were missing, and when he went up there, they didn't really know, and a lot of times they don't know. You got to come up with your own shit, and when right before he won the king of the ring and that's like a big push let's see what you can do with it and and uh he's gonna set up with jake right before they're going to the match you know where he's gonna win the king of the ring he's gonna win it off of jake snake Roberts, and jake had cut some biblical uh promo on him because back then jake was to stay sober he was jake god like Jesus was his number one deal and he cut some Jake cut some biblical promo and P.S. Hayes right before the interview said just want you to know Jake cut some biblical promo on your ass and that's where the Stone Cold 316 Austin 316 will yo whoop your ass whatever just whooped your ass and uh I mean, they sold so many T-shirts. I, I don't even won. think they believe. You know, and not just for that month, for years. Awesome, 16, 316. It was Steve was so smart on the marketing end, like all that stuff was Steve, all of it, mm-hmm. and he really has done an unbelievable job with his brand. Yeah, but when I was yeah. doing. The beginning of what become ddpy he would come in here and go kid what are you doing i go bro I'm, I'm gonna I'm, I'm you know this is what saved me i'm gonna you know i'm not getting anybody to believe in the 48 49 year old actor i'm gonna get in spots here and there i'm gonna get this over man kid you're putting all your money into this you know you know, I, I don't see it. I don't see it. I go, I, how the hell are you going to get, you're not going to do it for the yogis. You're going to do it for the people who wouldn't be caught dead doing yoga? Like, kid, what are you thinking? And I had a lot of people say that to me. When I told Michael P. S. Hayes, you know, back in the day uh, that I was going to be a wrestler at 35 and a half, you know, he spit the milk through his nose, and you know, laughing so hard. People have been telling me my whole life what I couldn't do, you know, and you can't tell me because everything I said I'm going to do, I'm going to do in some way, mainly because I'm not going to quit. You know, as a wrestler, I was an eight-year overnight success. DDPY, I was an eight-year overnight success. Nine years ago, Arthur Borman's video took off and it changed our life. But so did the resurrection of Jake the Snake. Did you guys see that? Yeah, yeah, Very Powerful, powerful, crazy, powerful. My business partner Steve Yu, is a storytelling genius, and Nathan Mowry is the um, is the uh, video uh, the director on uh, Relentless. But Steve U is the executive producer, okay? And he oversaw everything. Anybody who's watching, you want to. You want to check out if you're an entrepreneur, if you're a dreamer, if you want to achieve something that you believe is possible, or you got some doubts because everybody has self doubts and you're going to have them from time to time, no matter what you're doing. Even if you're successful, you're starting to wonder, wait a minute, I'm not, I'm not doing as well. Like, how do I keep this going? If you really want to know, go to Amazon Prime, watch relentless and if you dig it or if you don't go in go to go back on the amazon where you buy everything and you pull up diamond Dallas page relentless and you can leave a review the bottom line is you just can't give up i started my acting training in 19 in 2002 at the howard fine acting uh, school um, finally this year 19 years later I've got my own series coming out on Netflix and it's called guardians of justice. And it's different than anything you've ever seen. Uh, It's an Adi Shankar experience. And this cat is a savant. He's a, he's a genius. And what he has put together with a project that me and him started, but he's a genius behind it. I'm just the, the, the lead of it. No one's seen anything like it. Well, and uh, it's a very dark superhero uh, series that you've never seen anything like it. <laughs> that's all I'll say. That's amazing, man.
1: Um, that's awesome. So, on that note, I, I want to say, look, thank you so much. This is one of the more fun episodes I've had. We just sat back and listened, and you just blessed our ears with some amazing stories. Relentless on Amazon, Amazon Prime check that out guardians of justice coming up on netflix uh dallas i just need you to know before i forget to say uh you had me as a kid man in my living room throwing it up breaking it and bouncing off one leg so it's really cool to get here and you know get a chance to, to shoot the shit with you um so thank you so much for coming on man we, we appreciate it zach any final words
2: no really appreciate it dallas got a lot more i want to discuss at some point we got to have you on again. Um, got a lot more questions and details. We'll go deep another time, but really appreciate it. And, um, best of luck going forward here. I definitely want to check out your program and try to get my body right too.
1: Yeah. If you you get a chance, man, DDPY (laughs) would love to sign
0: up and and give that a shot. So, well, that's a done deal. As soon as we get off the air, I'll tell you what to do. And then let's come, come back in like six, eight weeks, you know, and they'll see what you're doing. And we can do like 20 minutes or a half hour Whatever you want to do And then you're going to see Because after that I'm going to turn you on To my next level of it Which is DDPY Jack And that Is going to change The face of fitness
1: Remember I said that, that. On that note I don't think it can get any more profound Than that Rate, subscribe, review Check everything out we appreciate it Dallas man have an amazing night Thank you so much
2: I appreciate you saying